Hey, how you going? It's time for another episode of the TST Travel Podcast. This episode will be all about Kirsten and my adventures through Utah. So I also forgot to mention in our last show uh, about Colorado, our adventures through Grand Junction. So I'll talk about that a little bit at the start as well. Don't forget to check us out on social media. Uh, me at the TST at TST Travel Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to get check out Kirsten's blog, uh, theroamingstreet.com or The Roaming Street on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, just let us know where you're reading or listening from. Chuck us a comment and a review. That'll be really handy. And uh, hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, so as I said at the start of the show, I forgot to mention in the last episode of the podcast about uh, Grand Junction in Colorado. When we were there, we went, uh, Kirsten and I went for a drive up through the Colorado National Monument, which was pretty cool. Um, it's uh, just a one-way trek either way you can do it. Um, and yeah, there's some cool rock formations and gorges and stuff like that. So there's some pretty awesome photo ops and, and uh, places to adventure around, which is pretty cool. And, um, yeah, just another one of those really cool natural areas that you can get into. Um, it's a, I think it's a national park run thing. And, yeah, it's just a cool drive. If uh, you're anywhere around Grand Junction, definitely take the, the drive out of town to check it out because it's pretty cool. Um, lots of good stops, lots of good pullaways, and lots of uh, really cool spots to just, yeah, as I said, stop and take some pictures. Uh, if you have a couple of days around Grand Junction and you're into a bit of hiking and getting out in the outdoors, there's a couple of longer hikes you can do um, where you go from down at the bottom of it all the way up to the top and back, which is uh, fairly long and strenuous. I think they're about 18 miles, Kirsten, I didn't do anything quite that hard, uh, seeing as how it was a bit hot, but we... Um, yeah, we got stuck into it. We got to see a lot of it, which was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, went on some short little hikes out to the viewpoints, which was cool to see. Um, so after we did the National Monument, we were a little bit parched. And uh, we saw a sign as we came into town saying that there was a massive wine festival on uh, that weekend. So we started madly looking for Airbnbs and things like that. Unfortunately, the um, wine festival was sold, all sold out already, of course. Um, but knowing that there were some good local wineries, we got on, jumped on Google and looked for the top rated one which was uh, Two Rivers Winery which was not too far away from the exit point of the National Monument and uh, yeah we settled in there and uh, I think we spent about half an hour 45 minutes there doing a wine tasting which was pretty cool. Kirsten and I have started to notice that um, we're both starting to come around a little bit on a couple of the different red wines that they make uh, all around uh, we noticed that in Rapid City when we went to the Rapid City winery and uh, got a bottle and um, we didn't get a bottle of wine here we picked up a bottle of port for uh, when we head up to Alaska to keep us warm so that should be good and we also came across a little bit of uh, locally made bacon jam which is pretty tasty unfortunately Kirsten wasn't a massive fan it's a bit sweet for her it's like apple wood smoked or something uh, but I really enjoyed it so more for me so uh, that was one that was towards the end of our California adventures we also as I said our, our last day in Colorado we spent the morning in Mesa Verde and then we headed out and across the border it was a bit of a drive day we sort of headed through Utah it was pretty flat and deserty to start off there we started to get into some of the cool sort of rock formations and and things like that we had a little loo break at a place a weird place called hole in the rock um which was just 
a hole in the rock with a couple of gift shops and there was a weird zoo that had kangaroos and some gift shops so it was all pretty pricey stuff and I think they did some tours and stuff around the local area but it was a long way from anything really oh sorry a bit congested um yeah so it's a it's a little ways from everything so good spot to stop and have a loo break and a stretch of the legs it was starting to get a little bit late in the afternoon there so we um kept on trucking through towards moab we got to moab late afternoon so we thought we'd leave uh, the exploring of the town till the next day and uh, right near Moab, there's two national parks. There's Canyonland and there's Arches. So we decided that to give them a proper explore, we would head straight to the campsite and then do those uh, the next day. So we headed uh, towards Canyonland National Park, which is actually past Arches, but um, there was a good free camp spot and some Bureau of Land Management land uh, that wasn't too far away. So we just trucked on there and that's when the fun began. We um, got to the campsite and we had a little bet at the start of the trip about who would have the first campsite tantrum and I already broke that uh, one in Yellowstone and Kirsten had a good laugh about that. Uh, but to the first night of camping in um, Utah was definitely time for another Harley camping tantrum. We got there and you can tell that it doesn't very often rain in Utah because we had our uh, Walmart tent pegs that we got and uh, let's just say they didn't exactly agree with the rubber mallet and the Utah ground. <laughs> um, we, I try, I think the first one I tried was one of our, our less strong tent pegs and that bent like a banana the first hit. So I picked that out and grabbed out one of our good tent pegs and that also bent like a banana about halfway into the ground. So I grabbed the strongest of our tent pegs. We have three different types. So I grabbed the strongest out and tried to hammer that in. And I got it about two hits in and then that started to bend. So I ripped that out and I think I threw a couple of tent pegs and jumped up and down on the ground. And Kirsten said, do you want to stop or try somewhere different? I went, no. And I had a little bit of a tanty and I sat in the car for a second and tried to figure out how I was going to do it. And... Then I went back and tried to do the exact same thing again and bent a couple more tent pegs and then threw those out into the middle of the never never and we decided that Kirsten decided at that time that we needed to have a little bit of a break and uh, maybe have some dinner. So we stopped and cooked up a, a pretty good stir fry for what we had. It was sort of just a bit of a throw together with what we had left in the esky, some sizzle steak and stuff like that, and it was pretty good actually. Um yeah, not a bad little campsite meal and after that, we'd calm down a touch and realised that there wasn't really any bugs or anything around and we were never going to get any tent pegs in. And we thought that when we bought the Suburban, the Suburban being such a big car, we'd be able to fit the double air mattress in the back of uh, the seven-seater. We pulled the last row of seats out, so we thought we'd be able to fit that uh, double mattress in there. Uh, but we failed to consider all the shit that we have um, all of our camping supplies food uh, all that sort of stuff has to go somewhere and there just wasn't quite room for everything so that was a bust as well uh, so what we ended up doing we got a big tarp when we first bought all of our camping gear so we just laid that out I put four stones on each corner this was Kirsten's idea by the way she would uh, wrap me over the head if she thought I didn't give her credit for it so we laid out the tarp and uh, put four stones, four big heavy stones on either side, pumped up the air mattress, put the sleeping bags on top and 
crushed our fingers and hope we didn't wake up with a rattlesnake slithering up against us, which we fortunately didn't. It was actually a really nice night. Um, it was n not really cloudy. It was nice and warm still because we were in the middle of the desert. Um, the stars were really nice. It was a nice temperature. It wasn't too cold. And uh, yeah, it was a nice night of sleeping under the stars. It didn't end up being too bad. Um, so the morning we woke up and we were pretty motivated to uh, get going. Uh, we managed to motivate ourselves to go on a, a short little run just up and down the road, which was a plus. Um, we were trying to stay in, we start trying to stay in some sort of shape while we we're out and about on the road, and uh, that was one way we thought we could get uh, stuck into it. So we went for a little bit of a run, knowing that we probably weren't going to get up to too much hiking during the day being in even in um it's autumn or fall over here in the u.s and uh we still knew that we wouldn't probably get up to too much hiking during the day being that it would probably still be up around 100 degrees so after we had our uh, little run we headed towards canyonlands national park because that we sort of packed up our minimalist little camp there folded up the tarp and deflated the air mattress and packed everything into the uh, suburban we headed to canyonlands national park so there's th i think she said th the ranger said that there's three different areas in canyonlands um two of them are only accessible by four-wheel drive and although we do have a four-wheel drive and it will get us through some places we nicknamed it shamu because we've got all of our shit in there and it's a giant big suburban truck and it doesn't have it only has highway terrain tires and stuff like that on it so and apparently some of those uh, tracks and trails in Canyonlands can be a bit dicey, so we stuck to the, the paved roads up in uh, the section of the park called Island in the Sky. And it was cool, like there's a lot of really, really um, pretty massive views you could see all the way around, uh, like you could see a lot of Utah from up there. It's a, a pretty flat place you could see to a lot of the local mountain ranges and, and stuff like that, which was pretty cool. The main attraction we found at Canyonlands really was the... Uh, the dwellings and the houses they've preserved a lot of the um the stuff from the pueblonian indians now i'm probably saying that wrong um but they were a, a community of uh, the indian people the first people that were here in the u.s that um sort of built into the side of cliffs and cliff faces and down into um into the stonework there so they basically built their houses and stuff like that out of the sides of the cliffs and some of them are you got to wonder how they got to them and i'll be putting some pictures up on uh instagram and facebook about sort of so you can get a bit of a scale as to see what i'm talking about but it was really impressive the way they've sort of carved out the the mountain face into or the cliff face sorry into some of the houses and stuff it's where they used to store all their grain and things like that and it was pretty cool they had a little museum there which took you through all of the different sort of stuff and what they used to hunt and what they hunted with bows and arrows and stuff like that um, how they used corn. So corn isn't just uh, all through Nebraska and Iowa and South Dakota. It was uh, a pretty much a staple of the Native American diet as well, uh, especially through those parts of the, the middle of the US there. Uh, so it was pretty cool, pretty interesting little place. We didn't spend too long there as with all the national parks. You could, uh, you could spend a couple of days there and go on a couple of really long sort of hikes, but uh, we decided to keep on trucking. I think we got done there not too far away from midday, which was all right because uh, right up the road from that 
back towards Moab was Archers National Park and we spent a again could have spent a day or two there if you wanted to go on some longer extended sort of hikes um, but we sort of checked it out by road and checked out some of the main sort of attractions um, again it was really hot it was up nearly 100 degrees in the middle of the day and they recommend that you come early in the morning or late at night which uh, sorry, not late at night later in the afternoon but it was still relentlessly hot late in the afternoon as well so we um, stayed in the air kind of the big suburban and we kept on sort of trucking through there we stopped and got out and even after sort of getting out and going for a couple of k walk up to see some of the different arches it um, we were drenched in sweat and we were uh, pretty warm so the arches are pretty cool actually there's not so much in the way of big views down into canyons and stuff like that at uh, arches national park but as it's accurately named um there's a heap of natural arches so for something to be a natural arch there has to be a three foot gap within somewhere within that um sort of rock formation there and it's funny like some of the arches are so small that you probably couldn't fit through them as a full size person and other ones are hundreds of feet like tall and wide and stuff like that so it's pretty interesting to adventure around you can do a bit of climbing as long as you don't climb on the actual arches so you can sort of just climb around and check it out and do a bit of adventure walking and stuff like that so that was pretty cool Kirsch and I really enjoyed that and it did get really warm like it was sweat city for a bit there uh, because we were there at the hottest part of the day as well which wasn't ideal but um yeah we adventured through there for a couple of hours and after that we were feeling a bit hungry and couldn't really be bothered uh picking out cooking up any of our own food that we had in the back of the car so we headed down into moab which is uh the the town near those two national parks and uh we went to denny's for a bit of a check out there um the food was really good. Kirsten asked, the burgers are so huge here, we could split a burger and we were both pretty satisfied even though we'd been walking around and uh, adventuring all day in the heat. But um, the food was really good. The service was absolutely shit house. We had to jump up and down and do backflips for our waiter to even pay attention to us or get us uh, to bring any water. But you get that at some places. Um, the service in general in the US is better than in Australia because they all, all a lot of the... The restaurant wait staff and stuff like that they all work for tips so um they will go above and beyond to try and get a good tip which is uh, i think it's a good way to motivate i don't think it's great that they get paid such a shit wage and that's why they have to work so hard to get tips but you definitely appreciate the extra effort but yeah some places you can tell they obviously just do not give a flying f about what their tip will be um and they just mosey about i suppose but uh, while we were at Canyonlands, that we actually sat down and listened to a, a ranger talk, which was really um, helpful because they told us all about uh, Capitol Reef National Park, which was another place. Um, it was a, a few hours drive, and everything in Utah was pretty spread out. Um, but Capitol Reef wasn't one that we had uh, really heard about. We were planning on sort of heading straight from Canyonlands and Arches across to zion national park but uh capital reef was pretty cool they call it capital reef because there's uh, a couple of different rock formations there so some of them look like the capital buildings that you'll see in the u.s and um so they're like big and domed like picture the the capital building in the u.s 
uh, in Washington that you see in all the movies and stuff like that, that big dome type setup. Uh, and yeah, that was pretty cool. They call and the reef aspect of it was they have some blue and green coloured rocks there that look, and it's really hard to pass through, so they call it a a reef, a land reef. Um, pretty subject to flash flooding, apparently. Uh, we went for a bit of a drive, and again, really cool sort of roads through all the canyons and the big red rocks, and it was um, an interesting little drive. We camped not too far the night before we sort of just went on a long drive day and camped that night and set up not too far out of capitol reef uh there and yeah went for a bit of a cruise through in the morning they have a, a pretty cool setup there it was originally sort of like a mormon uh fruit picking area uh and fruit growing area and uh, they still have that now so you can there's a little honesty box in the orchards and you put your dollar in and you can pick up uh, about three I think it was a dollar per pound and you go and pick your own apples and Kirsten went and picked some apples in the morning and away we sort of went yeah so Capital Reef was cool for an adventure we went through and uh, we went down one of the the little dirt roads which is where they have sort of cut it out with a, a bulldozer or a grader or something to make a, a little floodway there but you can drive down them as long as there's no real risk of rain or anything like that and we looked up at the sky and it was bright blue skies so we decided to go for a bit of an adventure through there and again just sort of cool scenery cool places to check out there'll be plenty of pictures of it on uh, facebook and instagram for when we get going because it's it's sort of hard to describe it other than to say you're right down in the middle of a, a pretty cool canyon walking along uh, or driving along and um, you look up and it just seems to go on forever to go up uh, up to the top of the cliff and um, yeah so we adventured around there we picked some fruit and ate that and that was all pretty hunky-dory and off we went. So after we headed to uh, Capitol Reef, we went on and checked out Bryce Canyon National Park, which was pretty cool. It was a, um, there was a cool little town called Bryce Canyon just before the, the park, and that was, looked like a nice little touristy town if you were road tripping through Utah for a couple of weeks and checking out the national parks. It'd be a nice place to stop at a lodge and have some hot showers and stuff like that, um, we was planning on spending a, a fair while in, like, a probably a whole day in Bryce Canyon, but unfortunately it was about half the park was closed due to some forest fires. Um, so we sort of just went in, went for a drive. Again, cool rock formations. There was a, a story that we we heard that came from the, the Native American people that uh, in Bryce Canyon there's a lot of, like, tall spires type spire type setups in the rocks and um the native american story that goes with that is that there was giant people that walked among and in the time before i don't know what they call it and um they would steal all the the food and resources from the animals so the native american people prayed to the coyote god that they would um, do something about these people and apparently the coyote god turned them to stone and uh, that's where all the big pillars came from out of the, out of the, uh, out of the stonework. So that's the Native American version. There's obviously a much more boring geological version that goes with it with water and rain and all the other ways that things get formed in Utah but it was, uh, it was still a nice little cruise. They have uh, a free bus service that runs from the, the little town 
Um, they also have uh, bike like bike rentals, so you can bike up through the national park. Uh, both seem like pretty good options. It is really, really crowded, and there's not a whole lot of options for parking. Um, so if you're going to spend the day in Bryce Canyon, uh, I would probably recommend getting either, if you're feeling like getting out and adventuring a, a little bit, get out on a bike that you can hire from in town there. And if not, uh, probably just jump on that shuttle there's a big massive big car park there and that way you don't have to worry about driving around so much and the buses are really frequent so uh that was pretty cool idea as well so uh you don't have to worry about driving around so much um so after we finished up at capitol reef we got a pretty early start in the morning and then uh, on to bryce canyon and because that was sort of half closed we just trucked on and uh, headed towards zion national park and that was, uh, again, a bit of a drive. We got to Zion in the, the late afternoon, and they have, within the park, they have a, a shuttle bus so you can go out and see a couple of the different things. Um, so we drove through. There's a really cool old tunnel um, that we drove through that was built in the 30s. It goes straight through the mountain, and, um, yeah, there's some pretty cool spots in there uh, that you can see. Like, they've cut windows out of the tunnel, and you can see out into the national park. Um, and check out all the rock formations as you're driving along and that's uh, a pretty cool part of the park we and then we headed through into that um the other part of the uh, west part of the park and um sort of continued on we got to the visitor center and checked that out a little bit and then we jumped on one of those shuttle buses and headed to the part of the park that you can't drive on yourself past all the the lodge and the shops and restaurants and stuff that they have within the park uh, and the end of the bus tour is a place called the Narrows which is a pretty cool spot it's a, a pretty famous hiking spot um, I'd seen a little bit of it on um, Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that and I thought it sounded like a pretty cool hike um, so we walked there's about a four, I think it's four or five kilometer track up to the start of the Narrows so Kirsten and I walked that and um, what the Narrows is, is it's the canyon and it's a river. So you basically have to hike up and most of your time is actually spent in the water. And it looked really, really cool. Like it looked really interesting. It was going to be one of those things that was a bit of a challenge. I think the whole, if you do the whole thing, it's about a uh, 40k round trip. Um, and we knew we weren't going to do that and we definitely weren't going to do it in that afternoon. But we decided that that's something we wanted to have a go at. Uh, so we decided to make camp just outside of Zion on some uh, Bureau of Land Management land, just another free campsite. It was pretty good. And uh, headed back in, we sort of resolved to get up nice and early in the morning so we could tackle it before it got too busy because it's a, one of the most famous spots there uh, in Zion National Park. And um, as we walked up towards the the start of where the trail for the Narrows started, we saw a heap of people wearing like waterproof shoes and they had uh, like funky walking sticks and we investigated that a little and found out that you could hire the, the walking shoes and like the waterproof walking shoes and the walking sticks from an outfitter in t uh, just, just outside the park. And um, we went and checked that out afterwards and like that night and we decided to we decided we could do it ourselves again being on a bit of a budget we we're trying to be 
as tight as possible and it was going to be about $50 each to hire out the shoes and the walking sticks um, and that's in US dollars as well so by the time you put it in Australian dollars it was up nearly 80 or $90 for a pair of shoes and a, a stick for the day um, for the both of us so we decided that we could tackle it in our um, in our runners and we just try and find a stick along the way uh, so that's why we got up nice and early to try and tackle that without being too many crowds and so we could find a, a stick or something to walk with. So we got up nice and early in the morning, we headed back towards the National Park. The buses started at 7 and we got on the first bus up towards the Narrows, um, strapped our runners on, we had a couple of day packs with some snacks and some water and uh, a dry change of clothes for afterwards and um, some thongs for when we finished so we didn't have to wear our slot back to the parking lot in our wet shoes and um really really glad we did it words can't describe how cool it was to like that water was freezing cold when we got into it it was really 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 cold um but you get used to it uh, after a while most of the hike is actually in the shade um, because you're walking in between the canyon walls where the the water runs through um, most of the time you'll spend in the shade so that's why the water doesn't really get to the temperature it does outside <coughs> so uh, yeah the water doesn't get too warm because it's not exposed to a whole heap of sunshine and it flows pretty quick so where you start from you're actually hiking against the current so and it's really rocky that's why you have to wear shoes you can't i wouldn't advise doing it in bare feet um just do it in in if you're too tight like us to pay for the the water shoes just do it in a pair of runners um don't try and do it in thongs because they'll just rip off the sandals might work um if they're good like the good velcro on ones um but probably runners are your, are your best bet um and yeah it was challenging but definitely worth it one of those things that if you have the the fitness to do it um and the willpower you could see some people like there was older people in their 50s and 60s doing it and there was people our age doing it there was people of all ages sort of doing it and it's one of those things where you don't have to go the full distance we certainly didn't um but it's one of those things that you have to just check out and um we hiked up it again spending most of your time in the water it's between sort of shin and hip deep in most places some places it gets up to well i'm 6'3 and it got up to my shoulders in a couple of points but that's because i took the deeper way around um there's my girlfriend kirsten's only i think i can't remember how big she is in feet but she's about 160 centimeters tall and um she was never like had to swim she was always sort of had her at least her shoulders above the water in most parts um and yeah just a gorgeous gorgeous spot to walk the canyon walls are so impressive and they change colors they go from orange to black to all the different shades of orange and yellow that you could think of and the water sort of cuts through and there's places where there's trees and there's a heap of good spots to take breaks and have snacks and um make sure you're getting plenty of water and stuff like that because you don't really think about the fact that you need water seeing how you're walking through it pretty much the whole time uh but it's um it's one of those things that you you're working pretty hard walking through that water so it's um it's pretty important to remember to have your food and drink along the way um i think we worked out that we did about 
uh, I think we did about 6Ks up the, the river, up the trail. And uh, yeah, really, really cool. We were getting to the point where we were getting a bit tired and we knew we had to walk all the way back and you still have to walk through the water. Like it doesn't matter that you're going with the current, you still have to really concentrate on every step and it can be a bit of a mentally draining hike as well. Uh, being that uh, you're, you're constantly concentrating on where you're putting your feet because you can't, the water's not clear, so you can't see the the rocks and stuff that you're stepping on. So you're, you're constantly trying to balance and do all that sort of stuff. Oh, that's the thing that I left out. When we got there, because we got there first thing in the morning, people who've found sticks to use as walking sticks, which I de- definitely recommend if you're going to do more than five, six hundred meters of, uh, of that walk, I definitely recommend you grab a stick. Um, we got there early in the morning, so there was heaps of sticks sort of just on the side of the, the canyon wall there, um, just as you first get to the part where you have to start walking through the river. And uh, yeah, that was really, really cool. We just sort of hiked along and used those to keep help us keep our balance. Uh, another cool thing that we saw while we were hiking through the narrows there is, um, and it was explained to us by the, actually by the tour bus, there, the water that soaks from the top, it'll soak through all the way through that ground and it'll go and it'll, the water will find the, um, the softest type of rock. Uh, in that sort of canyon and it'll leak out through there so they've done some carbon testing it and it turns into like a little waterfall that's they call them um they can they can of course because there's water there they can grow plants and stuff out of the side of the canyon wall so they call them hanging gardens or little waterfalls um and the water that comes out of them they've carbon tested it and done all that sort of stuff and it's up to 1200 years old that water so that water fellas rainwater sort of over a thousand years ago and it's just leaking out of the it takes so long to sink through that stone and then get out make its way out through the stone uh that it um yeah is nearly a thousand years old so um that was pretty cool and we got uh we got back to after hiking the narrows um and sort of got changed and dried off a little bit and then walked the back to where the tour buses leave headed back towards we got off at the zion lodge um which is where they have uh some paid accommodation uh, a restaurant and a, a little bar and stuff there um kirsten and i got some lunch again just split a burger we thought we'd earned it after our our big long hike and um so after we finished up with our hike it was 12 31 o'clock by the time we got back to the car um that was parked at the visitor's center there got a couple of postcards did our uh, souvenir shopping uh, which wasn't very extensive. I think we just bought a couple of postcards and stuff like that and had a bit of a look at the gift shop and all that jazz. And then we jumped in the car and it was another drive day out towards Arizona. Uh, so, yeah, Arizona. Um, and the Grand Canyon, the north rim of the Grand Canyon, which uh, we were pretty excited for. We sort of didn't know after we were in Utah for so long and we'd seen Canyonlands and we'd seen arches and we were like, eh, is it really going to be that impressive? Uh, but I'll talk about how impressive the Grand Canyon was in the next episode of the podcast, which will be all about, uh, that this one, the, it'll cover a few different states. We, um, we drove into Arizona and did the Grand Canyon, both rims, north and south. And then we also went and spent some time with some friends in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, drove across to Joshua Tree. And then the first little stint of our first few days in Baja, California, which you might've seen, uh, the vlog for that we did. Um, that we uploaded to YouTube on the TST TRS vlog channel. If you haven't seen that, check that out as well. 
Uh, but thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed. All right, thanks a bunch for listening to that episode all about our adventures through Utah. It was a little bit shorter, and sorry it took uh, so long to get it out to you guys. We've been in a couple of different places where it wasn't really ideal to be recording a podcast. It's uh, We've been camping and uh, out of Wi-Fi and all that sort of stuff, so we'll be trying. I'm trying to bring at least one sort of episode a week uh, as we truck on through the US, but uh, thanks for your patience on that one. The next episode will be all about our adventures through Arizona, uh, the Grand Canyon, Joshua Tree National Park, and the first little part of our uh, trip through Baja, California. And then after that, I'm going to do a two-part series uh, about our trip through the rest of Baja, California with Kirsten. So if you're looking forward to another episode with a bit of a feminine touch, uh, Kirsten will be contributing on that one as well so excited for that don't forget to check us out on social media me at tst travel podcast on facebook and instagram and kirsten's blog at roaming the roamingstreet.com or the roaming street on facebook and instagram if you want to if you like to uh, watch stuff we have started up a youtube channel as well tst times trs vlog vlog on uh, on youtube we've got one episode of that up at the moment which is something because we're both sort of we're both in it together and we're both uh making some different styles of content about the same stuff we thought we'd chip in and and do one together as well um so if you want to check that out that would be cool don't forget to leave us a review wherever you hear us on itunes or on facebook or or wherever it may be that'd be really cool and uh hope you're looking forward to the next episode Catch you next time.